I hate you. <laughs> you guys are welcome. I hate you so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Adam's Adam's role. For those of you that don't know, Adam is a uh uh I'll call him a musician for lack of a better term, and uh, a producer. I know that was mean, but I thought it was funny. No, he's hey, actually. My, my feelings I, are hurt right now. I know, right? I'm actually a big fan of of his of his music. I've um, I've always tried to encourage you for the most part. Are Are you a groupie, Dan? I am a groupie. I am a groupie. I I touch him inappropriately. Um, and he doesn't know this because it's he's not actually here when I do it. But uh, you know, in my head, I'm all over him. Yeah, uh, respectfully, respectfully. I'm Riding that dick it. whenever possible, huh? Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. But yeah, Adam does all of our uh, intro music and outro music and stuff, you know. Um, was it the last? Was it the last? No, it's when we were at, we were having sushi a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. We were talking about songs and, and certain songs that just got played to fucking death on terrestrial radio. And Doug and I both agreed <laughs> that Photograph by... Uh, Nickelback was was up there with the um, please shoot me in the fucking face. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how Adam trolls rolls, whatever. So so I immediately went home and I was like, okay, it's time to make this intro song. You were thinking, I you were weren't you? Like the minute we said that, you were like, oh yeah, yeah, here we happen. go. Because Dan was like, yeah, yeah, we need to use photograph for the intro song, but we will get in trouble, so we need to do a remix. And I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I can do this. I got this. <laughs> oh, God. So let me ask you guys a question. Do you have, well, first of all, do, do either of you or both of you, do you remember your, your dreams when you wake up or do you remember dreaming when you wake up? Sometimes. I don't normally dream, but uh, okay. I, I remember them if they happen. And then throughout the day, It'll come back to me and I'll be like, oh yeah, and then that happened. Kind of stretch, yeah, kinda kinda come clear. So <clears throat> do either of you have any oh let me hold on, I got that. Okay, there we go. Um uh, I was about to say, are you uh, opening your Cosmo and you're uh, going through the questionnaire? What are we doing? <laughs> no, I had to clear my I had to clear my throat and I didn't want it to sound like a dump truck hit the mic. Um so I had to mute real quick. So let me ask you this. Do either of you have any re recurring dreams, dreams that, that, you know, you have often? Uh, some, um, they used to be primarily nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine are too, but <laughs> they, they were brought on by stressful situations. Uh, I've had several recurring dreams throughout my life. So what's one, what's one that you remember that you would be willing to share? Um, it was back the, the one that used to happen most often, uh, throughout my life is back when I was going through a divorce and, uh, during that particular time period, obviously it was rough. I was having, uh, issues adjusting and I would have constantly recurring dreams about zombies. I lived in okay. a trailer, I lived in a trailer at the time. And uh, I had a dream that it was me and my son and uh, the zombies in my world were not completely brainless zombies. Mm -hmm. uh, they still had some of their 
uh, personality left to the point where they were capable of speech. Okay. And, and they would say things that people would regularly say to me. And I knew that if I opened the door based on what they said, they were just going to come through the door and eat my brains anyway. Oh, so wow. it was this weird, it, it was like they were trying to get in. It was fucked up. So That's fucking scary. A, I've had I a little, yeah, a little over. Like imagine there's a zombie that's like that. pretending to be your buddy. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't just, you know, your buddies. It was, you know, family, friends, everybody. I just want to eat your up. brains, Doug. Exactly. Return of the Living Dead, I think. I just want to eat your brains. Um. I've got a, there's been a couple that I've had one, one that you, from the time I was a kid, is it my teeth are falling out? Like I'd be talking and my teeth would just be, I'd be like, and spit out a tooth in my hand. Oh yeah. That's a common one I've heard. I, it, it, yeah. I've had one uh, where I'm in danger and I've got a gun, but I can't pull the trigger. Like no matter how hard I pull the trigger, it just mm-hmm. won't, it, it won't collapse. Um, I've had that one. That one's fucking weird. Cause you're actually in a lot of danger. Yeah. And, and you, and you have the means, you know, and, and I, I have to wonder if it's, if it's as, you know, just can't pull the trigger on something as they say. Um, I've heard that the teeth one is that you feel like you've talked too much, that you've, you've, uh, released too much information. I don't know why you'd get that one. I oh, mean, no. yeah, that's the funny thing is, <laughs> you know, but I really don't have that one much anymore, but I've also hit a point in my life where, you know, I just don't fucking care. Um, there's the one where I'm an adult, but I'm in high school and I don't know where my locker is. I don't know where my classes are. You know, I'm just confused. Everybody then, gets that one. At some point I'm like, wait, wait, I'm 46 fucking years old. Fuck this place. And I just walk out. Yeah, but I have, that, go ahead. That and going to school with no clothes on. Everybody I, has that one too. You know, I don't remember ever having that one. I just don't remember. One. Have you? I thought yeah. it was, yeah, like I had it and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Like it wasn't that scary. I'm just like, man, this is so funny. Well, I've I've started having a new one and I had, I had it last night. I woke up it. I woke up out of it this morning. I'm in my Jeep and I'm on like a mountain road, you know, like a, a, what they call a shelf road, meaning that, you know, you got mountain on the left of you or whatever, and just like nothing on the other side. And I go into a turn too hard. And then I fly off the road and I'm, I'm in, in the vehicle, like spinning through the air. And I have this moment of I'm fucked. Right. Um, but the thing is, is, and you guys have both played video games. The way that I come off the the road is like when you reach the end of a map. Oh, you just, yeah. It bounces you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It bounces you back. And last night or this morning when I had it, I'm flying through the air. And all of a sudden I told myself, dude, wake up wake up right now. Uh, I was on a dark road and I'm, I'm going through the, the S turns. I'm going way too fast and it's icy and snowy. And I'm telling myself, dude, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. And I start to go into the turn and I see the guardrail and I'm like, hit the guardrail, hit the guardrail. And I miss it. And the Jeep just goes flying off the fucking road and I'm spinning through the air. And just like that, I was like, wake up, wake up. Came up out of the fucking bed, you know, sweating, heart pounding. and I don't, I don't really know what it means for me. Right. But this, this has just started over the last few months. It's a new, 
It's like my brain got bored with the teeth falling out and the it's gun. It's like, dude, what if you were in your Jeep and you just died? And you just die, right? And it's a <clears throat> part of it, I think, maybe is, you know, and going through therapy and they talk about, you know, how do you feel about it? Don't think about it. How do you feel? Well, when you're flying through the air in a vehicle, you feel terribly helpless, right? You feel like, you know, I'm, I'm fucked and there's nothing I can do right now. And so I have to assume that, that, that that's the point is that it's that helplessness that my brain's trying to Rubik's cube, you know, but <clears throat> it was just weird because it just started a, a few months ago uh, or maybe hell, maybe weeks. I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it fucks with you, man. You know, I used to have this one where uh, I would like walk into a convenience store and then some dude would rob it. And he would have a gun and he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> and like, I would try to talk him out of like, you know, shooting people. Mm-hmm. And then he would just shoot me. Weird. And that would happen like a- at least once a week for a few months. Interesting. I fucking hate it, dude. I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, man, I need to be in control of stuff. Yeah. And when I'm not, it sucks. <laughs> I think some, I, I think dreams, I've always been fascinated with dreams because I do believe that it is the unfiltered subconscious mind. Um, what I've always read is that one part of your brain is generating the imagery while another part of the brain is watching it or reading it or, you know, absorbing it. And I think that, uh, I think dreams can tell you a lot about, um, what's going on in your life. I don't think it's as, I think it's bullshit that it's cut and dry that, Oh, if you see a snake, it means this. And if you're, I hate that it, shit, it means dude. that I, I disagree with that so vehemently because imagery is going to be specific to the person, right? The way that I, the way that I would feel about your dream of, of being shot after trying to, you know, talk this guy out of shooting everybody the way that I would interpret that is going to be completely different than the way you do or the way Doug does or the way anybody does. So I think dreams are very specific to the person. And and like I said, you got to put that kind of therapy spin on it and say, well, what, what were you feeling right there? Don't think about it, but what were you feeling as well? I'm helpless. I'm scared. I'm angry. Yeah. Um, I used you know, to like, have like different variations of dreams like that where like, It'd be life or death, and I was trying to talk someone out of <laughs> killing uh-huh. me, and like it would just never work. Well, let me ask you guys a dumb question because you know I may or may not be alone here. We don't Dude. field dumb questions on this podcast, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is all about cerebral thinking. Oh yeah, uh, this, this is five welcome. million IQ podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, Mensa Hour. Yeah. <laughs> As but, long as it's not the Nambla hour. Yeah. Do, do external, what I would call external stimuli work their way into your dreams or is it just me? No, external. I, I've actually seeded my dreams with weird shit on purpose before. Mm-hmm. So if I watch something right before I fall asleep, it won't Absolutely. matter. But if I watch it like two or three hours before I go to sleep, it'll mm-hmm. usually end up in my dream if I have a dream that night. Mm hmm. Well, let me ask you this. It's like uh, when I was younger, uh, the old Vox fans 
oh, yeah. always sounded kind of like an airplane. Yeah. And if I ever went to sleep around a box fan, mm-hmm. every time I was in World War II <laughs> flying, you know, well, I wasn't flying. Mm-hmm. I was in a B-17. Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm one of the gunners. And yep. most of the time, I was the ball turret gunner that was in the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's funny because one, I have definitely had that happen, that exact same dream, being in a B-17, B-52, something along those lines, right? And two, when you mentioned being in the belly gun, it reminded me of a show back in the day. I believe it was called Amazing Stories. And I think Steven Spielberg was related to it somehow. And one of the story, it was these, they were 30 minutes or an hour and they were all these little like kind of crazy sci-fi short stories kind of. And there was one about a guy. uh, He was in World War II and he was a bit of a cartoon artist, you know, and all the guys in the plane would have him draw little cartoons and stuff and would compliment him on that. Man, you know, when we get done with this war, you're going to be famous and all this stuff. And he was a belly gunner. And at some point they take um, damage to the plane and the uh, um, landing gears won't come down or one of them. I think, I don't think either one of them would come down and they're running out of fuel and, and they're all like putting their hand and, and he at some point got trapped in the belly gun. Uh, you know, like a piece of metal or something got stuck over the hatch and they couldn't get him out. And so they're running out of fuel and he's like, listen, you guys have got to land the plane regardless. And they're all like putting their hand down and, you know, talking to him and everything. And at some point he starts doodling a plane with these big cartoon wheels, you know, and period specific, um, the old 1920s, 30s cartoon style. And as the plane goes down, he like closes his eyes and winces. And then they come back and the plane is sitting on top of a set of cartoon wheels. Right. And they get him out, of course, <laughs> and the plane collapses. So, and I, at the, it's, it's weird for me to share that, but I have not thought about that in fucking 30 years, you know? And when Doug said that, my brain immediately went, it unlocked and was like, Hey, remember this weird fucking random memory? So thank you Welcome for that. Welcome to Doug. my life. Yeah, I, dude, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I tell ADD, man, I've been, I have learned so much between TikTok, YouTube, reading um, about ADD. And, and it is so much more than what people think it is, right? I, I, I think people think ADD, ADHD is this just weird, quirky, you know, I always joke about the chipmunk from the cartoon Over the Hedge you know, they talk fast and they're like, wee and their brains everywhere. And it's so cute and funny and, and quirky. And it's like, no, no, it's none of those things. It's actually a complete pain in the dick. Um, it, it causes me a fuck ton of anxiety, which is interesting. Doug, yesterday you mentioned we were talking about health issues and, you know, I've, I've got ongoing issues with my surgery. I'm still in quite a bit of pain. And, um, Adam has had some issues with, uh, like carpal tunnel neuropathy type things. And we were all just talking about that. And, and Doug says, yeah, he says, you guys are a little more high strung about that stuff than I am. And which is true. Right. And that's interesting to me because my ADHD has manifested as anxiety for me. Like I have horrible fucking anxiety and Doug doesn't. And yet his ADHD, in my opinion, is quote unquote worse. Right. I mean, worse is a very subjective term. It's worser. It's worser. Uh, it's badder than mine. As they, as they say in Ohio, it's worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned how machine. to live with it. 
That's you know, that was the key. I guess that's it. Maybe you knew about you. You learned that you had ADHD a lot sooner than I did. I was thirty five, thirty six before I found out, and um, that's about. Let's see. I was, yeah, I was, I was not much more than you. I was early thirties. It wasn't until I uh, took my son who obviously had it. Yeah, he does. (laughs) God love the little fucker. (laughs) uh, To the doctor. And when they were going through the checklist, I was like, me. me, (laughs) Same. Also me. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Fuck, I have it too. God damn it. Yep. And uh, that led to, okay, so that's why. It's not just, you know, Doug's, uh, you know, smart this way, but retarded this way sort of a thing. Yeah. And I know I I shouldn't say the R word, but. No, I know what you mean. It's we're, we're from a different generation. Um, Uh, Guys, guys, I'm canceling you right now. This is problematic. There was uh, someone I knew, I was telling them that because they do have ADHD and they're very resistant to that. And I was like trying to explain to them and they got mad at me and they're like, you know, tired of you blaming everything I do. And my brain just needs to, you know, my brain just needs to stop acting like this. And I was trying to explain to him, listen, your brain's not going to stop acting like this. It's never going to stop acting like this. It's, it's what you are and who you are. And I said, I don't use, there is I no want, code upgrade. You just no die. right. There's no firmware at least not yet. Oh and yeah. I don't believe that I have ever used ADHD as an excuse for anything it's an understanding and a reason. There is a difference between the word reason and the word excuse. Excuse right. means you're just saying, well, nothing I can do. I'm a fucking Scorpio, you know? Um, <laughs> there was a, sorry, it made me think of this video the other day. This is like a true crime chick who does like her makeup and does true crime. Uh-huh. And she was talking about how this serial killer, <laughs> it was like, he, his zodiac sign made him like so so likely to be a serial killer. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's an excuse, right? Sorry, I had to murder people, but I'm an Aquarius. I'm such know? a Libra. I had to kill seventy five people. Oh my right. god, it's so quirky. That's an excuse, but to say I I have ADHD and that's the reason that I struggle with these things, you know, but I'm working on it. That's the difference between reason and excuse, right? It's okay to say, yeah, I, I, I battle with ADHD and it creates, um, it creates some challenges for me. You know, one of them being, and all three of us, Jesus, if you've listened, listened to this podcast for more than 30 fucking seconds, you know, one of the things that people with ADHD do a lot is we interrupt people. And no, I don't think we, <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's why I paused you fucker. <laughs> But again, I saw someone say, we're not trying to be rude. And actually, if we do that to you, it's almost, I forget what he said, but basically kind of flattering because it means we are invested in the conversation that you and I are having so much so that our brains are three or four, you know, responses ahead. We don't mean to be rude. Um, I have gotten that under control. Um, by, um, by just being aware of it. One of the things I've always said is that once you make me aware that I have a problem like that, 
Now it's up to me to do something about it. So right. when I tell someone that I think they have ADHD, I'm not, I'm not trying to give them an excuse. I'm not trying to push it down their throat, but people tried telling me I had ADHD for 10 years <laughs> prior to actually going and getting diagnosed. And I was like, because of the stigma of guys that I grew up with that were on Ritalin and told they had ADHD and all that. I was like, no, 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 no. That's not me. That's not me. But there was some discussion at the time that, you know, you didn't just have ADHD that sort of put them into the crazy category. Exactly. They were, they were uncontrollable. So they had to be put on Ritalin to calm them down and control them. They were out of control. And Yes, I have met some people with ADHD so bad that they come off as a little nutty like that. And I even saw a woman, she was talking about her theory is that ADD is actually just part of the autism spectrum. And I found an autism test that's, I can't remember what it's called now, but I got it saved. And it's like 80 questions. I'm going to take it and see because there are some similarities there, right? Um, I, I think all of that stuff is intertwined anyway. Um, you know, knowing some folks that have been diagnosed autistic and watching them and then watching myself and watching Doug and people that I know that have ADHD. Um, it's, it's a pain in the ass, man. I mean, and, and like I said, it, it's very far reaching into a person's personality, but Jesus, it's not a, it's not a death sentence, but it's interesting. Like I said, it was interesting to see their reaction when I, I tried to explain some stuff to them and they'll, and they're one of these people that will do and try and say anything and everything, but going and get therapy and potentially medication for like it. The proven you know? things that work. They're like, nah, fuck that. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, the only thing about that is there are certain medications for ADHD uh, and I've taken a lot of them and I, none of them seem to work past about 90 days. Uh, and I don't know mm -hmm. if that was a placebo effect or mm -hmm. what have you. So it's like after I kept seeing that trend over and over by like the fifth or sixth drug that they decided that they wanted to put me on and I kept telling them, Whatever you put me on, don't put me on some shit that's going to cost me five hundred dollars a month. <laughs> that's why I like Ritalin. <laughs> there, there better be a fucking generic for yep, it. Yep, that's yeah. why and, I like uh, Ritalin. And whatever it was, no matter what they put me on, uh, within ninety days, I might as well have just been drinking water. You know, you just got to up your dosage every ninety days. That's well, all. and that's. It's funny Doug says that. I actually didn't know that. I knew you had been on a couple, but I didn't realize that that's what happened. I've heard this before. <laughs> well, what's funny for me is that that was antidepressants. Oh. I mean, exactly 90 fucking days, right? They would put me on the one was, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. It was Venzafaxaline, I don't know. Anyway, um, Pristique. And I quit biting my nails. I felt better. I was like, holy hell, you know, this is great. But then the same thing, just like the effects are, um, yeah. um not Prozac, uh, fuck, Zoloft. What was the one that was, no, I never, I was never on Zoloft. I don't think what was the one that Paxil, 
<laughs> that shit is awful. Um, but all of it, same thing. 90 days, man. You could damn near set a clock or set an alarm for it at the 90 day mark. It was just going to, I was going to revert back. But the Ritalin, the funny thing about the Ritalin was not only did it address my ADD, it addressed my anxiety and my depression. I I was not as anxious and I was not as depressed. And it I was on that for almost two years and it just worked for me. I'd, I'd heard a psychologist talk about like the links with ADHD and anxiety and like having to do with like you can't really be present in the moment because you're like 18 steps ahead of every fucking thing yeah when people tell me i need to be more present or or more in the present or in the now i laugh at them people tell me i need to meditate and i laugh at them i'm like yeah i know i know i do but my brain simply fucking yeah you just need to turn your brain off you need to get the fuck out of kicking distance is what you yeah get this fucking 44 and turn your brain off (laughs) right i mean that's about the only way and and they always say that depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future and when you have adhd and your brain is spinning like that it is typically looking for uh it's doing probabilities is what it's doing it's always this is and this is and that's and those and my, I have PTSD. The way I was raised, my environment was I was always looking for uh, threats. I was always looking for threats. My mom was an angry fucking narcissist and my dad was an angry fucking alcoholic. I was always waiting for the explosion. Until I got older, my sister and I were talking about this. When she was still in the house, she used to poke um, at both of them to get them to pop because she said she couldn't fucking stand that tension where you knew one of them was going to blow at some point, like for whatever fucking reason. And, uh, she and I just really kind of started talking again after years. And I said, you know, that's funny because, uh, I started doing the same thing around my teenage years. You know, they'd be mad because the fucking day ended in why. And I'd be like, all right. And I'd poke the boil <laughs> and just watch it relieve explode. the pressure. <laughs> I really did. And they'd be mad and I'd be a piece of shit and you're fucking not ever going to do anything with your life. And I'm like, yeah, you've been at this for about 15 minutes. You done yet? You know, um, it's still After hurt. a number of years. Like it's like, okay, you, you become oddly callous to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that led me to, I was thinking the other day about how, when I was in my twenties, and, and Doug will tell you probably in my thirties a little, but when I was in my twenties, I loved pissing people off. I got off on it. Like making people mad to the point they were spitting in my face amused me. It made me feel good. Like I liked it. I really did. I liked it. And as I've gotten older, I'm the exact opposite now. I'm just like, whoa, 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 calm the fuck down. <laughs> like Easy. But Doug will tell you, you know, back when we worked together around 2010, 2012, somewhere in that area. Um, I was, I was a hothead. It was real easy to fucking pull my fucking cord, you know, no argument. here. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam, when you see me do it now, it's, it's about at one fifth of where I used to be. It's watered down, yeah. Yeah, I'm I've, keeping I've it. heard that, and I'm like, God damn. <laughs> How? How is this watered down? How is this worse? Yeah. Um, but that's that's all I knew growing up. All I knew was that kind of chaos and anger, and that's 
again, my sister and I, we started talking again for the first time after about, fuck, I don't know. It's probably been 20 years. And, um, we, uh, uh, fuck the train just went off the track. Sorry. My brain's in 10 different places now. Okay. Uh, Well, allow me to step in. Go for it. For just (laughs) a minute. Uh, now for you that don't know, uh, Mr. Adams, like I do, um, (laughs) he's, 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 he's close, but he's not exactly classifying it directly. (laughs) How dare you, sir? Um, when, uh, when he says he had a quick fuse, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a hundred percent accurate, but, uh, there's a difference between cake and cake with icing and the icing on this particular cake was the blast that radius <laughs> was that Dan would get a, a, a almost kamikaze like, <laughs> to, to where it, it, it wasn't just regular not true. anger and I'm mad. It, it was, I am going to destroy myself and take you with me. That's, yeah. that's that, that was the, that was the appropriate context. Yeah. He's not wrong. I hate to admit it, but Doug's not wrong. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Al. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some truth to that. That's it's funny now when people you know think I'm I'm going off the chain or whatever. It's like, man, you should have seen me, you know, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I was no, a I fucking was handful, say, man. They haven't seen off the chain. No. I, and I don't do that anymore. I, and I don't know 100% what changed. I think it was a bunch of little course corrections, right? I don't think there's there was one huge thing. I did go what, what they call NC or no community, excuse me, no communication with my parents, um, right after my divorce. Oh, you because went, uh, you went full North Carolina. I went full, full North Carolina on them. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, right after the divorce, cause of some shit they said to me, uh, again, it was that typical narcissist slash alcoholic bullshit. And I was like, you know what? I just had a, I just had an epiphany. Fuck you people. Um, and the interesting thing about that is when people find out that you don't speak to your parents, they immediately become defensive f- for the parent, right? Oh man. You, oh, those are your Danny. That's your mom, man. You know, that's your dad, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware. And even though they were abusive, it's not easy, but you have to ask yourself, what does a parent have to do to make their child just say, I can't fucking do this anymore. That's slowly going away. Like, uh, I've seen a lot of like boomer generations say that like, you have to love like your mom just because she got plowed by your dad. But (laughs) right. It seems like Gen X and like millennials and everything are like, nah, but like if they're, if they're like terrible people, like what's, why would what's you, the point? Yeah, exactly. What's what's yeah. the fact? Like, just because this dude like nutted in my mom doesn't mean that like I have to respect him because he right. like isn't a dad just because of that. Right. And there are, there are plenty of real fathers out there who have no DNA involved in the children they raised. Yeah. But they're great parents, or you know. And I think what it boils down to is that if you have had 
a quote unquote normal upbringing, right? I mean, every parent puts some kind of neuroses on their child, but I'm talking like abuse, right? And if you didn't grow up in that, it is is very difficult to wrap your head around what that person went through and why they wouldn't want to be around their parents or their family anymore. Um, The only one that I really do like is my sister, my, the, the, uh, I meant to, I was going to say youngest, but youngest meaning I am the baby of five. And then she's the next, she's nine years older than me. And she and I still get along. Uh, Damn nine. They took a break. Well, cause my, so my, I have four siblings, two brothers, two sisters, and they have a different dad than I do. My mom was married once before, had four kids. Uh, they got divorced. She snared my dad because again, she's a fucking narcissist with four kids in the 1970s and couldn't, you know, could barely support them, I'm sure. So she finds my dad who I think he was an electrician in the steel mills at that point. So again, my dad has always made good money as far as that goes. Yeah. Electrician and steel steel mill. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In Ohio. So, um, she, she snaked him and he wanted a kid so she's like, Ugh, begrudgingly, she's, she's told me flat out. She never wanted me. She never wanted any more kids. And you know, she would just go on these little tirades, just beating it into my head. I'm like, yeah, I, I know mom, you've, you've been talking about it for the last 12 minutes about how it ruined your fucking life. And you were done. You know what, Dan? I, I just didn't want you. Yeah. Yeah. Never wanted yeah. you. It's your fucking father wanted another kid and blah, blah, blah. Now here he is. And I'm like, Oh. And, and yeah, you're. But according to uh, everything that we were told from our generation, you're just supposed to voluntarily subject yourself to that yep. through some sort of self-flagellating. Yeah, <laughs> this, this this is totally fine. Yes, you know There's- she's. Deep underneath all this uh, abuse, she's a wonderful person. Yeah, yeah, this is she's love. still your mother. <laughs> I mean, I've seen plenty of terrible people who have kids. Like it's just because somebody is a <laughs> mom doesn't mean that they're well, a good person. Well, That's it's right. like, uh, you know, I think, oh, I know Dan knows this. I'm not sure <laughs> if Adam knows this or not, but I'm adopted. Yep. Yeah. And but your parents are good people, Doug. Your, your yeah. biological parents are good people. You don't know them, but you should love them because they gave birth I- to you. Yeah, never met him. I'm not one of the people. It's like <laughs> the 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 only time I wanted to go seek them out was uh, when I was a teenager and just dis- trying to discover my own identity, sure, like sure. every other fucking teenager yeah, does. I would think that makes sense. And then it was an urge. It was an urge. It was an urge. And then it was like gas. It passed. <laughs> um, it's like when you're about to go on a date with someone you don't really like and then you jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, never mind. Oh, I think I'm going to call him. And yeah, I'm just going to watch TV. Post nut clarity, baby. Best thing in the world. So, yeah, it's like, and I've had people that's like, well, don't you want to know your medical history and all of that? I'm like, not really. Um, well, I mean, for seriously, what advantage would there be to that? That way mm-hmm. I've got this. It's like you find out that whatever runs in your family, mm-hmm. does, does that really do you any good? Now, well, it did in your particular case earlier. Yeah, they could, they could test for you. You could, you could 
test earlier for something, but that's about it, right? Right. And at the same time, both of you guys have issues with anxiety. Would it Mm -hmm. uh, now (laughs) let, let this one process? So if you had something that ran in your family, would that not give you something extra to worry about oh yes, it does it does Absolutely. plenty of things run in my family that i have anxiety about including anxiety and depression <laughs> right <laughs> i know anxiety and depression runs in my family and my dad has lymphoma uh he's had uh prostate cancer you know but he was also a fucking three pack a day smoker worked in the coal mines the steel mills and drank a case or a 12 pack of beer every night literally every fucking night So, and I don't know enough. My family is so fractured and scattered. I really don't know if it, if anything of that runs in our family or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, but just knowing that makes me go, oh, fuck prostate cancer. Great. Right. And it's the same thing where like, if I can tell you right now, if, uh, because I know there's been one ones that have come out before and then there's been some doubt cast on them, but where they genetically test you and they say you're susceptible to this mm-hmm. disease, disease, and this disease. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can tell you right now with a hundred percent certainty, if uh, they offered me the choice of, Hey, would you like to see genetically what you're up against? I'd be like, no, because it's not going to do me any good to, to find know. out. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, hey, you're going to you, you have a really high likelihood of dying of dick cancer or mm-hmm. something. But and, at the same and, time, it, and every you, time I went to the bathroom and I peed a little funny, I'd be like, oh, God, here comes the dick cancer. And I don't want to live the rest of my life that way. It's like knowing the day you die would suck because it wouldn't matter. Well, you know, I, well, I would agree with that. The, the, the dick cancer, however, um, at the same time though, if you knew you were genetically predispositioned for it, you could at least then, get tested and then catch it early right, and take, and take precautions. If, right. If they say, Hey, drinking fucking whatever has an increase of, you know, dick cancer, you could say, well, I'm not going to drink that. Cause I'm kind of genetically predispositioned for it anyway. Um, my, ex-wife and I used to have that because cancer and, and, uh, Alzheimer's runs deep in her fucking family. And I talked about like testing and she used to have, uh, aneurysms, aneurysms run in her family. Fuck. She's like six or seven of her relatives and like three of them died from it or two of them. And she used to get really nasty fucking migraines. And I used to get on her ass about annually going and getting an MRI. And she did one and they did, you know, and they said, you know, everything looks fine. There's no, no weak spots, nothing like that. And that was kind of her argument is what the fuck? I don't, you know, I don't care if, if, if I do, I do. And in that but situation, they can, they can give you like, if you have aneurysms, usually they'll give you like a blood pressure medication blood, and stuff. Right. There's things you can do. And my argument to that is that if you're married to somebody or you're a parent, right, I think you kind of owe it to them to keep an eye on shit like that. So I'm a little different in that category. If they said, Hey Dan, you have a higher risk of X, Y, Z. I'd say, okay, well, what do we, what sort of annual test should I do to keep an eye on it and kind of try to catch it a little bit sooner than later? I would go do that just sort of as a, as a, as a due diligence kind of thing. Right. Um, At the end of the day, if I've done everything that I can do, and I still get it, then eh, 
you know, um, I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to let my anxiety get the best of me and go fucking ape shit on something and be like, I only drink wheatgrass as my food now because of whatever <laughs> you still got to live. Because the thing is, is you can do all of that shit, dude. You can do all of that and still die of a weird disease or a fucking accident. I mean, you're going to die anyway. Exactly. Precisely. Something's going to get you, you know, but at the same time, if you go and you follow Doug's er philosophy, all right, that you live healthier, you do really, you do still do what I'm saying or, or like what I'm suggesting, just not far gone with it, right? You, you eat a little better and you try to keep your weight down. Why? Well, because you know this shit causes hypertension and cholesterol issues and you can't really cry about having a fucking heart attack if you're 150 pounds overweight, you've been shoving Doritos and Big Macs down your face all day. I feel attacked exercise. right now. I feel kind of personally, <laughs> personally uh, attacked. Targeted. And bacon. <laughs> and bacon. Right. But it's okay to eat bacon, right? And it's okay to have a Big Mac and it's okay to have Doritos and have a soda. I only drink lean. But lean. <laughs> you wouldn't be anxious then. You no, know? I'm very tired all the time. I'm very tired, but I'm not anxious ever. I, I think that it's it's about due diligence. It's about taking some some accountability and just doing your diligence and saying, okay, well, you know, it's why I hit the treadmill and it's why I try to watch what I eat. Oh, I, I watch it. I watch, I watch it not, as I'm shoving it in my face. I'm not I'm using a, the information. But I'm, <laughs> I'm on a seafood diet. I see it and then I eat it. But um, uh, yeah, exactly. But I think that uh, I think there is a difference in that, and then getting obsessed with. Uh, health conditions or potential health conditions. Right. I mean, um, but I'd still want to know if, if I could, if I could take one of those genetic tests and have it. Uh, no, nah, I don't, I don't think I would, dude, I would like lose, I would be pulling my fucking hair out. Yeah. Cause like my genes are bad. Like yeah. my family's just like, uh, having considered slacks, maybe like some dockers. I fucking hate things. you. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Okay, Adam. <laughs> uh, Touche. But yeah, like uh, my family, not, you know, not shitting on them, but like there's a lot of like mental health problems and like genetic like issues with uh, like blood pressure and heart yeah. and shit. Like I'm like, I, I don't want to fucking know, dude. I don't want to know. But again, I, I know it's enough. Kinda- Knowing knowing can help you make better choices, don't you think? Having that information. Uh, you've met Adam um, and, and, and Dan, you've met yourself. And see, Once or twice in the dark alley. <laughs> the took a int- couple tabs of acid and met myself. Uh, true story. We'll talk about that another time. The interesting part, I would like to know, just as an analysis of um, how long this has gone on, that you know, how long I spoke about it and then how you like went to the 68 degrees in depth. And like, that's exactly what I don't want to do with this stuff. I don't want to know because, you know, there is some truth to ignorance is bliss. That's all I'm saying. No, you're going to fucking die of something anyway. Yeah. And you're right. There is some, there is some truth to the ignorance is bliss thing, right? Sometimes, like Adam said, if someone came to me and said, do you want to know the exact date and time that you die? 
it would be tempting, right? Because then again, you could kind of, you could kind of pick your. You could fucking worry about it and try to make sure you but, get as much out of life as you can. Like, right? Just, just but really, anyway. and like they say, you should live like that anyway. Yeah, you know? just do that. Um, what is it? Dream, dream. Uh, live your life like you'll die tonight. Dream like you'll live forever. You uh, know, I would say drug addicts do that, but that's not a particularly uh, uh, lifestyle you want to go after. No, not particularly. Dude, if they're like, you're going to die on this day, on that day, you'd probably just be like, all right, time to see what heroin's like. Right. <laughs> well, I always said, you know, when you think about like suicide, for instance, and I've been in some pretty dark fucking places, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you the thought never crossed my mind. Um, not to the point that I would consider myself suicidal or that I needed to reach out to anybody or anything like that. But the thought has crossed my mind. And one of the things I've always said, and somewhat tongue in cheek is that before I did that, yeah, I'd go on a fucking bender, dude. I'd cash out everything I have. I'd sell everything I have. I'd get on my motorcycle. I'd drive down to Vegas <laughs> and Blow it all. just fucking lose my shit. And funny or not funny enough, I that's kind of where a lot of drug addicts are, is that they they have hit a point where they don't care anymore, right? And they're numbing pain. Um, I've actually, uh, there was someone, uh, um, so someone did that right before they killed themselves that mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. And like everyone kind of knew what was mm -hmm. going on because they like just randomly decided one day to go on this road trip by themselves, even though yeah. they had like a family and kids and a wife and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just, uh, you know, I just want to go see the, and he like drove from like North Carolina to like fucking Utah or some shit. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, oh no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, then, there's sojourns and then there's something's fucking wrong. You know, yeah, especially when that's not something that you do. Right. Right. And I, you know, I've, suicide has affected me a couple of times. Um, again, my, my ex-wife's brother committed suicide and that was, I think the catalyst for she and I ultimately getting divorced because it changed her completely. So my, what I get annoyed with when it comes to suicide is that there is a certain amount of selfishness to it because you are only thinking about you, your suffering, your trials and tribulations. Now I understand too, I've, I've read the interviews and they say, you know, I didn't feel like anybody cared about me. I figured these people would be better off without me. Well, you plus know, it's, it's not logical. Like, like trying to dissect something that's just pure emotion with logic does it will never like make any sense. Right. It's like serial killers and pedophiles. You can't, you can't get into their heads because their heads are that fucked up. And yeah, I think they're not thinking the point, with their left side. They're thinking with their fucking <laughs> psychotic side. Right. Or their but at the, emotional side. Right. But at the same time, you know, like say someone has a terminal disease. I think that's different. I, I support the right of the big red button. I absolutely know? do too. I oh, do they're too. rolling them out. They're coming. They're coming to certain states now. I think Hawaii's yeah. got them now, and I think they're gonna. I think Arizona or somewhere, 
made them legal now. So I am I am a proponent of assisted suicide under circumstances that are not psychological because I believe that most psychological issues can be treated and addressed. Um, and I think every year we learn a little bit more to help with that. But I think if you've got terminal cancer, MS, um, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, these diseases that eat you away slowly. Um, I remember my, my ex's grandmother, maternal grandmother, uh, had late stage Alzheimer's and had laid in a bed in, in an aunt's house, one of her aunt's houses for years, just a fucking vegetable. And I'm like, nah, uh-uh, nope. Um, used to, Doug and I both worked in the field in, in our industry and went into a lot of houses as part of it. And you would go into these homes where- They used to be uh, burglars. Don't, don't worry about that. We, we, we went into homes. Have you guys right? ever seen To Catch a Thief? That yes. was Dan and Doug. <laughs> yes, that was me and Doug. That's a, uh, th- those guys are actors playing me and Doug. I was about um, to say it was more Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> they were, they were the robbers. And right. then after Macaulay Culkin, you know, I just Who was decided, Adam? It, it, Who was it, Adam? It, it's time for a career change. Yeah, yeah. So we went into a different industry. Oh, and so we were, Dan, Dan was Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, shocker, right? Um, we would go Short, into, angry. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I wonder where that correlation happens. It works. And we go into a lot of homes and some of them you would go into were basically the entire home was built around a disabled person that lived in that home. And when I say disabled, I'm not talking like wheelchairs and things like that. I'm talking folks that were like borderline vegetables in a bed. And then everything just revolved around that. And I have hated that. I've always hated that. That terrifies me, right? To be that person. That absolutely terrifies me. I was talking to my mom. Sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. I was talking to my mom once and she's like, I don't know how we got on the topic, but she's like, are you like afraid to die? And I'm like, no, I'm afraid to live shitty. And she's like, (laughs) what is living shitty? And I was like, waking up hooking yourself up to a fucking machine for like an hour and then putting yourself on oxygen for an hour and then taking this and taking that and then getting back on the, I was like, fuck that. Like I'd rather just die. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, man. Death doesn't scare me. I mean, it's, it's weird and it's, you know, terrifying because you can't, it's, it's, it's impossible to wrap your head around it, especially if you're not a, yeah, like humans can't fathom it because we've we've never done it. <laughs> right. You know, and I, I think about when they put me under for a surgery and it just I turned off and you just don't exist anymore. And that's your brain blue screens, it chokes on itself when it tries to 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 think about that, right? And I'm not a Christian, I'm not a religious man. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in an afterlife. Um but the idea and and but the thing is is that everything that is alive has one thing has something in common, and that is that at some point it will no longer be alive. It will be dead. So it is natural to die. Um, We're all going to do it at some point. Alexa won't die. I think Alexa will be around after the humans are all gone. Right. It'll be. Yeah, exactly. I think that I'm like you, if it's the idea of suffering and just not having any quality of life whatsoever that bothers me more than anything else. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So somebody tell a fart joke or something, man. We went we went dark. Well, uh, that's yeah. What did uh, the bartender uh, say 
um, to the uh, late to the lady who wanted a drink. I I, I don't know, Adam. What? I I was I was asking. Yeah, you sounded like a five year old. <laughs> you were yeah. saying that, that that literally started like the beginning of a five year old joke. It didn't it right? Like uh uh what did no no wait um hang but... on hang on hang on let me get my joke book. <laughs> I remember joke books, like honest to God books with yeah, jokes. One hundred and one jokes. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. I was talking to somebody about that, about being about dating. Um and it, somehow that turned into like being a teenager and first dates and things like that. And I was like, you know, I am actually I love social media. It's it's a lot of fun. I love technology. I love computers. I love the connected world, right? But there are days that I fucking hate it. You know, um, I sent, I sent, uh, I know Adam and I think Doug too, that, that uh, article about the woman who, uh, her and that dude hooked up and they did meth or something and she tied him up and then eventually decapitated him <laughs> with a fucking bread knife. And when they interviewed her, she's like, oh yeah, I like the serrated edge. Like she just, there, there was no, no fucking emotion or remorse there. She just did not give a fuck, dude. It was a fucked up article. It was up in Wisconsin. The kind of woman I need. And Adam, Adam hits me back with, I, I fucking hate, I hate the fucking internet. I hate that, that we know shit like this, like, you know, and goes back to the whole, you know, the world's not getting any more fucked up. It's always been this way. It's just, we know about it now. You can't, stories like that used to just stayed in the town they were in, you know, and now, you know, every heinous horrendous thing but nobody tells the story about how someone donated a car to a family in need nobody or, will click on good news man nobody you know will. and that and that fucking it's even it's even traditional news you turn the news on tv and it's all bad oh yeah absolutely there's no they might have a feel-good story One. after telling you about the slaughter of innocent fucking whatever's somewhere and you're like oh oh but they had birthday cake for Esmeralda, who hit 102 at the local shithole retirement home. <laughs> so it's, I don't think that the world's any more bleak, dark, or fucking scary. I think it's just we're inundated and, and saturated in, in shitty news all the time, you know? But that's for, why people come listen to our podcast. For the record, I don't want to live to be 102 years old. I yeah, could not, that. and well, and what's funny is that on my mom's side, the Shannons, um, apparent, especially, um, late nineties is very, very common on that side. Um, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm 47, about to be 48. I'm fragile enough now. I so I I don't want to you know multiply that by double like that six, yeah one point three percent double the fragility <laughs> yeah I I, I don't want to be like uh, I broke my hip how'd you do that I fucking stood up right yeah I yawned I yawned and broke a rib <laughs> you're just falling apart while you're walking around that does not sound fun I saw a TikTok that said. Um, you know, average couple hundred years ago, the average uh, age of rate of age of mortality was, you know, 30s, like 32 is considered old. And it said, so just that's a reminder that when you hit your 30s and, and shit starts to ache and hurt and stuff like that, it's it's your body reminding you that 
if it wasn't for modern medicine, you'd be dead already. And it reminded me of Doug's comment regarding that when you hit 30 and you get your your unusual ailment, your mystery your, illness, your, your mystery illness, your mystery pain or whatever. And I was like, fuck, you know, there might be something to this actually. The phantom pain. You, you get your uh, Metal Gear Solid five, the phantom pain. <sighs> you just sometimes, man, sometimes That's what you, you get. Just, I'm surprised you haven't hurt yourself reaching for some of these jokes sometimes like pull <laughs> muscle or something, you know, <laughs> your solid snake. Metal Gear Solid. Actually, he's not in that one. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, 